Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how's it going? Metcalf, doing good. Had a good little 4th of July weekend. I hope everyone listening was safe and uh, had some fun as well. Um, Crazy times, but you know, this is a fun episode because it's Summer League is here. This is probably one of my favorite parts of the entire NBA calendar. And I cannot wait, not just to go to Vegas. I'm, I'm very excited just to talk about Summer League Hoops, see the, the incoming class of prospects on the court, and also to see who's been working on their game this offseason. See the, the sophomores, if you want to call it that way. Metcalf, how are you doing? How was the, how was the vacation? It was fantastic. Got to, got to see most of the family. Uh, got the required sunburn on the lake. Beautiful weather. Perfect. Good. The dog loved it, swimming constantly, knocked her out uh, pretty quickly with that. So that, you know, that just made life easier. It was nice to just detach and uh, turn off the electronics and whatnot for the most part. Uh, enjoy a campfire, a couple beers, and uh, just good time with family. But like you said, it is summer league time. It is that weird limbo period where these guys are no longer pros- or college players and they're not quite NBA players yet. So it's the best time of the year for immediate overreactions. Um, I'm very excited to see who are the immediate busts after one half of summer league play and who are going to be soon hall of famers. Cause that's always how it works out. That's never bit anyone in the butt before, but you are going to be there with a bunch of other no ceilings members. So listeners, if you're there, search these guys out, go say hi. Um, hopefully they'll be friendly. I'm sure they will. We're a blast. Um, but while you're there, who are, or I kind of want to start with, well, I was going to start with who we're most excited to. But before that, we have had a couple appetizers of games uh, with the California Classic. And as we're recording this, the Salt Lake, um, Memphis, and Philly game has just tipped off. Who has kind of impressed you so far? What have some of your reactions been to some of the first games that we've been, you know, given? Yeah, um, just to go off of what you said, Metcalf, anyone going to Vegas for Summer League, like, come find me. Let's, let's talk hoops. Let's sit down. Like, I, I don't bite. Let's, let's, let's have some fun. Let's make some friendships out there. Um, if, if anyone on the No Ceilings crew gives you crap, just let me know. I'll, I'll fight them. <laughs> um, but being serious, you know, this is my favorite time of the year because now we get the appetizers of, like, the, the California Classic's been an outstanding installment over the last couple of years. Salt Lake City with their summer league's been great, too. Um, and, and now it's it's prepping to get excited for Las Vegas for the big one with, with the whole entire league there. But I will say this before we go into reactions. Everyone, you can get excited about summer league. It's okay. This is popular time of the year for overreactions. People are going to struggle that you're expecting to play outstanding. People are going to look awesome right out of the gate. It, it happens all the time. You can get excited, but also calm down and don't be that person that's like, it's just summer league. I fucking hate those people. Like, this is basketball. Let's get excited about basketball. Okay, now that I got that off my chest. Keegan Murray. <laughs> Here we that's go. All, 
here, here I am, folks. I had to get that out so I could get to this point. No, Keegan's look great. Um, he's he's looked exactly what I thought he was going to look like. He's he's doing stuff he did at college. Um, you know, a lot of people have been in awe of his movement shooting, and I'm like, this is what he was doing at Iowa. Like, this is the guy you get. You get the versatile weapon. He's had two strong games in the California Classic. Um, that you know they do the round robin with like four teams. And then he had one game where he struggled shooting, but I still think, you know, Keegan's been the the early impressive player, you know, when it talks about like the top 10 guys, I mean, it's only been Sacramento, Miami, um, Golden State, which is basically playing none of their stars except uh, Moses Moody and then um, the Lakers. So what about you, Metcalf? Anyone, anyone catch your attention so far? Um, I, I re- was really impressed with Max Christie. I, I know the shot isn't falling yet. And if you just look at the percentages, it's going to be like, yeah, gross. Um, but, you know, I kind of expected that because he has a, he needs to get stronger. And as he does that with his core strength and upper body strength, the shot will improve. I expect that in time. What really surprised me um, was how effective and impressive and consistent he was defensively. Um, I Long term, I expected this. But it's kind of coming around a little quicker than I, I anticipated. And I think that's really encouraging because it's showing just that improvement in instincts, confidence, reaction time, uh, positioning, all that kind of stuff. So obviously it's just been two games. He could get torched in the next one, whatever. Um, but the first two games, I thought he's looked really promising. And then the other name is Nikola Jovic, who had – let's say a rough first game. Um, And then today he went out and dropped 25. Yeah. um, Christy, you know, for, for everyone listening, like when you watch summer league, this is a, this is an important part of the whole process and a, and a fun little evaluation tool for, um, for everyone just watching that is, is trying to get better at scouting or are you just watching as a fan guys like Christy that, you know, you get drafted in the early second round to a team that might not have a ton of minutes, but they need someone to potentially come in and off the rotation, maybe earlier than expected. Yeah. We're all going to like want these guys to average 20 a game, but if, if you could come in and show that you could hold your own in another aspect of the game, like Christy's making some noise defensively right now, he's really impressed the shot is going to come around eventually, but mm-hmm. like, don't obsess with like, what are you talking about? He only had eight points one game. It's like, well, go watch what he did away from the ball besides scoring. Did he make an impact? I think he's off to a great start. And I still think that could be a complete robbery for the Lakers moving forward. Um, Jovic is, you know, we, me and you have talked about, we've been lower on him throughout the year, but also like, this is important to remember that, that jump for some of those international guys, like that's a rude awakening for the first couple summer league games. Like you're, they're trying to prove their worth. They're probably moving too fast. So you want to see if they improve after a couple of games. And Jovic had a great game today. Um, like you said, I think you end up with 25, but it's going to take time for those guys. And, and you want to see if, if someone has a couple rough games, all of a sudden they have that game where it's like, okay, let me calm down and, yeah. and get a shot rolling and, and find my groove. And, um, that's exactly what the Heat want to see. Like he, a guy coming out right away and having 35 it could also be dangerous because then that guy's like, "What? Look at me! Look how good I am!" But um, I think it's great for you get to see the development quickly, where it's like rough game, then all of a sudden it starts to slow down and and you see the talent rise to the surface. But this is what I love about summer league. I mean, 
everyone overreacts. Everyone watches one game and freaks out and is like, oh, this is the next Steph Curry. And it's like, calm down, guys. Come on. We got a long way to go. Yeah. Well, there are more games tonight and throughout the weekend. Um, the one I'm most excited to see is, and I promise not all of these are going to be you know, guys at the top of the draft, but I have to start at the top of the draft and I cannot wait to see what Chet Holmgren looks like. Yes. Um, For my own sanity, I need him to play well because I can't handle the two skinny mafia getting in my mentions and harassing me and abusing me all weekend. Um, I don't have time for you, so please stay away. But more importantly, I'm more intrigued to see how they use him. And is it going to be as that, kind of connector facilitator piece on offense or are they going to give him the wheel a little bit more let him go get his own shot create for others take more pull-ups do a little bit more on ball um so when i think of guys who i'm so excited to see and it's more so how they're used chet holmgren is easily the first name that comes to mind yeah, I mean, we're, we're recording this before the game happens. Some of you are going to hear this after the game happens tomorrow or tonight, whatever you want to do. You know, if you're a sicko that listens to it the night we release it, we're really proud of you and we love you. But it's going to be it's going to be such an overreaction right out of the gate just because everyone has their pitchforks that is firm on the he's a bust because he's too skinny and everyone that thinks he's going to be incredible. is like, please let him play good so we don't have to hear about this and it, that's also what I can't stand about the overreactions is because it's like, if he plays one bad game, we're all going to be like, this guy's terrible. He's yeah. not going to be able to, it's like, come on guys, like wait a little bit. So I, I'm right there with you, Mecca. If I cannot wait to watch him, um, I'm, I'm more fascinated like in the summer league to see what their mindset is. The coaching staff with like what you're saying. Are they going to feed him a little bit more? Are they going to almost force him touches? Like just, feed them in the post or, or what's their mindset? What do they want to see? OKC's got a heck of a roster. Um, and, and some of these rosters that come out, you know, they're, they're going to look a little juiced up and then some guys might not play or some guys might play one game and the team might be like, okay, that's enough. We've seen, we've seen yeah. all we need to see. Let's sit down. We don't want to risk injury. So, but OKC, you know, Chet, um, Zhang, Poku, shout out Poku Army. Um, and then the Jalen Williams twins and Trey Mann's even on that roster, our boy. So I'm really excited to see what they do. And um, they're going up against Utah tonight, who Jared Butler's on that roster. And I cannot wait to see me some some Jared Butler. Um, that's a guy I think could explode. This is as excited as everyone gets about the rookies. Like this is such a big thing for sophomores because now they mm-hmm. get to go like, I'm getting minutes next year. I'm going to show you what I've been working on. And Jared Butler is one of those guys that whew, he could put on a show right away. And you talk and be like, all right, we got, we got a weapon now. Yeah. So I, I guess we can jump ahead to that section and then we'll come back. But in my sophomore breakouts, Trey man, Jared Butler, two of the names right at the top of my list. And they're guys who showed flashes of stuff. Trey man, a little more than Jared Butler towards the end of the season, obviously playing time and opportunity played, a major role into that. Um, but I think this summer league is a really great opportunity for Trey Mann to show, has he improved with his playmaking? Has his defense taken a step? Um, because the space creation, the shooting, that all translated pretty easily. But what does he look like 
or how, how does he look at making others better on both ends of the floor? And I think that'll be really important for him to show this summer because he should have an even bigger opportunity. Jared Butler's in a really similar camp where the way that that backcourt is going, he could seize a lot of minutes pretty soon in his career. And, you know, coming out of college, the handle was insane. The IQ was really high. The shot was really impressive. The team defense, the quick hands, all of that was really impressive. He just couldn't carve out an opportunity last season. So, you know, I think this is a really important chance for him to kind of take the reins of this team and elevate the games of those around him while also getting his own. It it, it couldn't, it can't be like understated how important the summer league is to some of these sophomore guys. Like it, it's exactly what you're talking about, Metcalf. Like Trey Mann was showing some signs to end the season. That confidence is huge to close out a year. And then you get a full off season to work on your game. And now if he goes and just lights the world on fire in that first game, Jared Butler, even you're really, then, then something's really developing. Something special is coming together. That's when the guys have that breakout year. It's like, this is where it starts. It, it, it started at the end of the rookie season where they start feeling like, okay, like I'm finding my groove in this league. They have a full off season of just being determined. And then if they could go hit the ground running at summer league and you know, the teams are impressed and they're like, all right, we saw enough. Then that player is going into camp with a little bit more swagger, a little extra, you know, pep in his step. I'm pumped to see guys like this. Like this is the Jared Butler, the Trey man, like you're, we're talking about. This is where you all of a sudden become something in the league. This is where you earn your minutes, earn your spot in the rotation next year. And, um, Man, I, I'm just really pumped, especially like Trey Mann. Like me and you have talked about him off camera before. Like, yeah, there's a lot of tools there. I think Shay, Giddy get a lot of attention as they should with the Thunder fan base. But like, man, has that upside to be a, another nice piece for that organization moving forward. So, um, I'm really excited, and, and that's the best part about Vegas is you're you're playing against every team and every guy there is hungry and and trying to show what they've been working on so that's where it it's always so under like underrated how great mm-hmm. the basketball is there if you are listening and you've never gone go it is literally woodstock for basketball fans yeah well Okay, so as we're talking here, it looks like Trey Mann is actually out tonight due to health and safety awesome. protocol. So Sweet. glad that that immediately outdated. So that's out the door. Um, hopefully that uh, resolves itself sooner rather than later, and uh, he gets on the court for them. Is this back-to-back pods with breaking news that's just really thrown a shit burger into our complete podcast? Thanks a yeah, lot. Yeah, well, one of those was slightly bigger than the other, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Shout out, so, <laughs> all right, so since we're on the topic, I, yeah. I, I want to stick with sophomore breakouts and then we'll mm-hmm. pivot back to guys we're m- more excited to kind of see. Um, I have a list of names here, but I, th- I think one that's really timely is Cam Thomas. Yeah, And with the Nets last season, Cam had a few opportunities and he did Cam Thomas slings, which is, you know, he got buckets because that's what he does. Um, I expect him to light up the scoring column at summer league this year. Um, I want to see what else he can do. I want to yes. see what else he can do to get minutes because a lot of guys in this league can get buckets. And if you can't do anything else, you're not going to play. Um, and with 
how, how much that team could change. Who knows in the next couple weeks or months. Um, but there's a big opportunity for Cam Thomas looming, and I'm really excited to see if he's evolved his game at all or if he's just fully honed in on I'm just going to be a scorer and I'm going to just constantly get buckets. And if he's just going to be that, his scoring has to be at an even better at a higher level than it was. Um, so I, I'm just really excited to see how his game has kind of mul- or been changed or altered over the last year. Yeah. I mean, uh, he was the co MVP of, of summer league last year and like, there's going to be two guys at summer league that I think are going to be just absolutely foaming at the mouth. One of them is Jaden Hardy with the Mavericks. And I think, Cam Thomas is going to be like ready to come out of his skin. Cause I think this is exactly the dream for a guy like Cam Thomas. The the nets are all over the place. If they move on from KD and Kyrie, there's going to be minutes. Like I, I know they're going to get a lot of players back, but there's going to be minutes. And Cam Thomas has an opportunity right now to, to send a message to the nets organization. Like I'm the guy. Like I have that upside. I can be the guy for this team moving forward, but I'm like you, this is where it gets really fascinating because I know Cam Thomas is going to score. Like there's no doubt about it, but is he going to go in there and say, I'm going to score 40 or is he going to go in there and be like, I'm going to, I'm going to score 20 and about, I'm going to dish out 10 assists. Like I'm just going to completely dominate the game. That's where it gets really interesting and fascinating because I have no doubt in my mind, he might put up a 35 burger in Mm -hmm. one game. Like, he has that ability. Um, I He's one of my top breakout candidates for his sophomore campaign. I think he's just going to be possessed this year. And i um, really excited to see him at Summer League. I, I joke and I have like a, a inside joke with myself, I guess. I'll try to share it with the world, but here we go. Um, I always say it's fun to find candidates early on for the, quote, too good for Summer League team. I think Cam Thomas is right at the top. Like if he goes out and puts 20 points up in the first half with eight assists, the Nets might grab him and be like, you are not playing anymore this summer. So um, I'm really excited to watch Cam Thomas. I'm like you, you know, they're going to have a really interesting roster Metcalf. Like they run sharps on there. They got some, some intriguing second round guys from last year. Um, and then they got Alondes Williams as an undrafted guy. Like, it's an interesting position now. If you're if you're a young guy on that roster, like you have an opportunity to really take advantage of some minutes next year. And I think Cam has a special special opportunity with Vegas. Yeah, a, another sophomore that I'm really excited to see who spent most of his year in the G League, uh, JT Thor, and yeah. I I was super high on him. Uh, when he came out after his freshman season, uh, he I thought he showed a lot of steps in the right direction last year in the G League. And with, you know, that wing position for the Hornets seemingly opening up and, you know, there being a huge hole there now, I think JT Thor could be primed to take a really accelerated leap in his development. And if he shows out, there's there are definitely opportunities for him to get playing time next year. If he proves that his jumper is more consistent and that his defense has become more disciplined and that he can really hone those in to being, you know, at least, at least not a negative two-way contributor next year. 
I love this from you, Metcalf. I thought you were just going to hammer home rookies and you're really feeding off my sophomore vibes. No, but I'm right there with you. You know, um, for everyone listening, like tomorrow morning, I'll have a piece up at noceilingsmba.com. It's absolutely free. There's plug number one. Um, I'm going to have basically a viewer's guide, call it a TV guide for Summer League. I'm going through every roster. I'm breaking down guys that, you know, you should be keeping an eye on some sleepers, some rookies, some sophomore guys. Charlotte's got a fun roster. Yeah. Um, and, and JT Thor's right there. Kai Jones is someone I'm really excited to watch because I wasn't drinking the Kool-Aid last year as a early, early draft pick. But when they took him, I was like, okay, that's a good spot for him to be, you know, groomed slowly. And then he was buzzing in the G league at the end yeah. of the year. Like it was a different player. So he's going to be really fun to watch. But going off what you said, like Thor, him, they took Mark Williams. They got Bryce McGowan's. Um, I wanted to see James Booknight, but he got uh, he got an injury to his pinky. He's supposed to miss all of Summer League, which is just like, ugh. Just but, Yeah. So I'm really excited to see what Charlotte does. I think they're going to be one of those teams where it's like you have to watch every game because they might – throw down the craziest highlights ever. Like they're going to run people to death. They got so much length, so much athleticism. It's going to be fun, but Thor's intriguing. I, I really do. I'm right there with you. That's the one wild card for that team where if he takes that next leap, he had the tools at Auburn. Like he showed the flashes. Now, if it's coming around and he's taking that next step forward, that's a nice asset for them. What else you got? Metcalf hit me with this. I love your <laughs> sophomore list. Yeah, and the, the final two sophomores that I think are really primed for a big breakout here at Summer League um, are Moses Moody and Isaiah Jackson. Uh, obviously, we saw Moody get minutes throughout the playoffs on the NBA champions, um, and that was just you know kind of spot minutes here and there for him. And I think the Summer League is a really good opportunity for him to, for him to show what he can do in a more prominent role. Has he kind of grown as an on-ball creator has his passing improved how does the you know both on and off ball defense look compared to you know more fit more physical guys how has he improved his strength stuff like that obviously he's not going to go into a sophomore year as with, with a more ball dominant role but if he starts showing flashes of okay, this now he can attack closeouts and make that skip pass when the defense collapses on him. Now he can run the occasional pick and roll and create a mid-range pull-up or that kickout pass or a lob to the roller, stuff like that. You know, those little skills that can then be implemented in different ways helps him grow his role, even if it is still as just a three and D guy. Um, and then Isaiah Jackson and he started getting more minutes once the Pacers season was basically done um, towards the end of last year. And with Miles Turner being on the trading block for what seems like the ninth year in a row, you know, Jackson could start seeing a lot of minutes sooner rather than later. So has that shot improved? How does he handle more physical post players? Um, what does he look like hedging on the pick and roll? Stuff like that I think is really interesting and could be a great indicator for how much of a role these guys could have going into next year. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to watch Moses Moody, um, that whole Warriors team. I'm, I'm, I wrote about it in this piece going up tomorrow. Um, that starting five could be a horror film. Like, it is <laughs> literally just daunting. It, it's incredible. So they're going to be really fun. But Moody, I'm excited to see 
I know he can score. He he's played a couple games in the California Classic. Kind of struggled with his efficiency, but it was like he was the guy. I think yeah. they were just force feeding him. Um, I'm excited to see how he plays around the other guys because I do think there's a opportunity now where they lost a couple pieces in free agency and Moody's going to have all the opportunities to basically say like, okay, I'll take those minutes. Like this is, this is my spot. I want it. Um, yeah. And it just started to cut you off, but uh, yeah. in the, this afternoon's game, he had a couple sequences of passing that were really encouraging where there's yeah. one where he took, he was on the left wing, took one dribble towards the top of the key, spun back, uh, you know, was at the elbow and made this left hand, left-handed live dribble skip pass to the opposite, opposite corner. Um, you know, he missed the guy by like a foot It was towards his knee and it went out of bounds, but that recognition and that ability to create space, I thought was a really encouraging step in the right direction that we didn't see him really ever do, especially at Arkansas. And then another one where he drove baseline, jumped out of bounds, made a one-handed left-handed pass to the guy in the corner. He attacked the closeout. Moody wrote, uh, relocated back to that corner. The same thing we see Steph do all the time and then not drain the three. So I was like, Oh, okay. Like there's, stuff here that's continuing to grow that's really exciting sorry no no Metcalf like I'm, I'm glad you brought that up one you're a machine two that's more important than him going out and scoring 25 on you know five for six from three-point range like doing that stuff will get him minutes because it's it's the little details that is exactly what you couldn't have said it better that is what they want to see with the development mm-hmm. it's like hey if you're playing on the court with Clay and Steph, odds are they ain't going to feed you shots. <laughs> like the odds are you're going to have to be able to move the ball, play team basketball. That's the bigger, you know, parts of the development you want to see in summer league, especially for a sophomore that all of a sudden has this opportunity to take um, a serious grasp of some minutes in the rotation. But um, to go off what you said also earlier, like Isaiah Jackson, I'm so damn pumped to watch. Yeah. I, I, was really high on him um, as a draft prospect when he went to Indiana. I was like, they're going to bring him along nice and slow. He showed some flashes and I was like, boy, if he has a good off season, like he might go crazy and really become something special. Cause he has so much talent and um, I'm f- like, he's one of my f- guys. I'm excited to watch at summer league. Like I'm going to be watching the Pacers right away. Cause I love their roster, but Isaiah Jackson, I really think has the tools to, to turn into something. I can't believe you didn't bring up James Wiseman. Are you just, have you sold all your stock or what? Um, no, I was, when I was just scrolling through the rosters, I either just missed him or didn't see him on there. Um, oh, he's there, Metcalf. Trust me. Do trust we think he me. plays more than one game? Um, what does he do in his one game? 15 and 12. I would sit him. <laughs> and every Warrior fan is going to be like, what are you talking about? I'm telling you right now, if he goes out and has a double-double and looks efficient and looks possessed, what else do you need to see? Like, why do you need to see him play three more games and potentially, like, I, I understand if they're going to try to play him a couple games, but if he, I think he's going to be, like, I ain't missing that first game. And I yeah. think he's going to do some crap that everyone's going to be like, whoa, okay, all right they're getting this dude now. Like I still have all of my stock. I've been buying more. I think it's just the, it's the guy that's had an unfortunate little 
couple of injuries. Um, we're all freaking out. Golden State said, why are we going to try to force you? We're thinking for the next five years. I'm, I couldn't be rooting harder for the guy. I yeah. could not be more pumped for Wiseman. I hope he goes out and puts 20 and 14 in his first game and they say sit. Like, way to work hard, just sit. I hope that's what happens. That would be great for him. But, oh, man, if he goes out and puts eight and six. <laughs> oh, boy. Me and Corey are going to be fighting <laughs> off vultures. I think we might be the only ones with our stock still. But um, I'm just excited to see him. Um, yeah. Horrified for Kaminga to be unleashed at summer league. So you mean the guy who is physically opposing for NBA veterans as a rookie? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I think he's going to have his way with a lot of guys. Um, uh, are, are there any other sophomores that you're really excited to see or make the leap, or you know, or guys who you think could be in prime position, or do you want to jump back to the rookies that we're just really intrigued by? I, I'll throw out a wild card that I never thought I was going to be saying this. Um, I was a lot lower on him last year as a prospect. And I watched the little NG league. I think he could surprise some folks. Dacian Nix. Dacian, is it, <laughs> how bad am I right now? Do you know how to say that? I hate now the DeJounte Murray guy <laughs> from two months ago has me just a mental head case. Now, Nix. I, 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 I believe it's Dacian Nix. That's what I said, right? Dacian yeah. Nix. Yeah, I, I believe so. L- listeners, if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, s- s- send me a message. I, we're, we're not trying to be. <laughs> I love you, Rockets fans. If I'm wrong, I'm so sorry. But you know, you should be proud that I'm bringing him up. I, he was putting up some numbers in the G League. Um, there has been some buzz around him this off season. I, I, I'm fascinated to see what he does. I, I think that's going to be the one that all of a sudden he has a f- strong first game, and everyone goes like. Whoa, I forgot about him. And it's like, yeah. yeah, he was super young in the G League when it was Jalen Green and Kaminga. He was just struggling and then spent a whole year in the G League, put up some good numbers, and I think trusted the process. And now all of a sudden it might just come alive. And those are the guys you root for the most. So that's that's my out-of-the-box wild card. Anyone yeah, else? I, I believe he signed a guaranteed deal, yeah. or like a full NBA deta- deal. So, you know, if anything, that shows that the Rockets at least have some sort of faith or, you know, excitement in what he could be in his potential to be their starting point guard um, either later this year or the following year. Um, but let's pivot back to the rookies. Yeah, uh, we, we talked about Chet. Who's one of the guys where you're kind of scheduling your day around that I have to, to watch this guy. Um, Trying to get out there. You know, I'm trying to, you know, the whole Pelicans team I want to watch. So (laughs) other than that, yeah, I forgot to mention Trey Murphy, the third, that's my guy. I'm pretty pumped to watch him. Um, Hold on. I'm I'm there's a lot. I'm trying to scroll through everyone. I I want to see what Shaden Sharp can do. I mm. I'm great name. I want to see what he can do. I, I think like all right. You know, everyone's gonna want to see, but I, I just me personally, like I've been I feel like I was cooling off a little bit as the draft was coming around on him and, and I I would love to go and he puts up a solid 18 efficiently and looks like he belongs. I would absolutely love it. And I'm not saying he doesn't 
he's not going to look like he belongs. I'm just saying I want him to look more ready to potentially play than you. You don't want him to look like a guy who hasn't played in a year and a half. Yes. I, I don't want him to look like a guy that's like, Oh man, I don't know if he can play his first year, like serious minutes. Right. I want him to look like, okay, crap. They got a guy like he's going to be fun to watch develop. Um, so when, when you say you were cooling off on him towards the draft, um, explain that. What, what, what does that mean? It, it was just like, we've talked about this before the end of the scouting cycle, right up until the draft, you start going back to nitpick it a little bit. Like you just start watching guys to get your final feel around them. And I feel like when I was watching sharp, there was more questions that kept arising that I was like, okay, I don't know. Is he going to be like, I'm not saying he's not going to be a star. Like he has unbelievable tools. I was just saying like, there might be a longer loading process with this than I thought at first. Um, I'm going to be interested to see how he deals with like, if, if they put the opposing team puts a a pest defensively on him and how is he going to handle as a ball handler, like taking people off the bounce? Can he create like, there's just areas like that, that I'm going to be fascinated to see what happens. Um, what about you? Are, is there anyone Metcalf that you're just like, cause I know you're being a buzzkill and not going um, because one of your close friends is getting married. I tried to cancel the wedding, but you know, I don't have that much authority yet, but I, I, apparently they're into each other and yeah, it's buzzkill. Um, the worst. Is there anyone that you're ex- excited to watch though? Like when you get a chance, like the first name besides, obviously we talked about Chet tonight and I'm saying like at Vegas. Yeah. I, kind of similar to Sharp in the fact that we haven't seen anything from him in what feels like an eternity, and that's Caleb Houston. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just excited to see him play basketball. What does his shot look like? What does the athleticism look like? What does his body look like? You know, just how I expect him to be a really smart player when he's out there with his off-ball movement and passing, but, you know, has he slimmed down or bulked up or what the main thing is the shot. And if the shot's not there, if it never comes around, I really worry about what he's going to be as a player. Um, And I'm not saying that if he struggles shooting this entire summer league, I'm writing him off as a player forever. Um, I just want us. I just think it's going to be a really good indicator of what we can expect from him in his first year. Um, So just seeing him back in action after shutting everything down the minute his season ended. Yeah. Completely agree with you. Um, I'm still a little shocked. You haven't brought up Johnny Davis and we're more than 30 minutes into this. podcast. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's going on. Or it, I'm pumped for Johnny. Yeah. I'm also pumped for him to be alongside uh, Isaiah Todd. I'm pretty pumped to watch Isaiah Todd. Yeah, that, that, that'll be a really interesting development because I, and he was even raw, more raw and more of an unknown than Nix was. Um, so, you know, the archetype or idea of what Todd could be um, is fascinating. He was just really far away from that. So I'm, a, really, I'm really intrigued to see, okay, did he grow by 10% or did he just make some shocking you know, 40% leap in his development. It's like, oh, this is a guy who could get five to eight minutes a game next year, which 
you know, I, I don't know about for you, but for me, that would be really surprising given where he was when he got drafted. Yeah, I felt like he was really raw. I think a lot of people were just really drunk on the upside. Um, which I get because like get that, that length that, you know, shooting potential, like if, if stuff clicks with that, with a player with that athleticism and that body, it's like, oh, okay. Like we really got something here. Yeah. And this is the, this is exactly what you want for if you're the wizards to see Todd take that next step. Like this is what summer league's all about for, for a guy like that is like, you're like, okay, show us, show us at least something's loading. Show us like the next step is happening. And um excited to watch him. Like, it's just funny when you go through all these rosters, you start seeing names and you're just like, yes, like another guy that I, I just completely am so excited to, to see like that could take that next leap. But um what else you got, Metcalf? Who else? Who else is getting your attention? We didn't bring up Josh Primo earlier, and I feel like Spurs fans might be upset with that. But you know, Josh Primo. Um, so, and I, I kind of think Josh Primo is more of a known than an unknown at this point, even though he, you know, played mostly in the G, G League last year. But it seems like he's going to get a hefty opportunity this next season. Um, and given what he's shown offensively last year. Um, at both levels, I, I don't think there's going to be, you know, anything that's going to be super shocking, at least for me. I, I, am I too optimistic in that? No, I, I, I think he's going to get as much run as he could possibly dream of. I feel like right. that's, that's exactly what's going to have happened. Um, you know, San Antonio is funny because their roster for summer league is just like, whoa, they got a lot of, of, depth like it's it's funny they just always seem to have a really scrappy good summer league team but this year there's just players all over the place um so primo's gonna have plenty of weapons playing alongside him you know they got blake wesley um wise camp second year i'm excited to see what he does um malachi branham uh dominic barlow's on there i'm still a robert woodard second fan i don't care what anyone says jordan hall um Sohan apparently had COVID. I don't know if he's been cleared. If anyone finds that out, let me know. But he there was, he got COVID. He was in health and safety protocols. I don't know if he's going to play. I don't know if he's going to be cleared. It's going to be weird. So I hope that he's not out the whole time. That would really suck. But um, Primo's going to have some, some fun next to him. He, it, it's going to be one of those guys where exactly what we were talking about earlier, Metcalf, is like, he's got minutes now to take it. Show us you can take it. And, and this is your year. And um, Primo could be having some serious uh, jumps in development this year for the Spurs. I'm excited to see what he does too. Yeah. And just a couple other names that, you know, they kind of fall in line with what we talked about with Sharp in Houston are Peyton Watson and Josh Minot, you know, two of these yes. weirdos who didn't have, really consistent or much opportunity at, you know, last season, I'm just fascinated to see what they're going to be like against NBA esque competition. Um, I imagine Peyton Watson is going to be just a terror on defense. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he somehow gets, has some like five, five and five or, you know, five by five game. Um, but I'm really intrigued to see how Denver uses him. And I think that'll be a really good indicator for what their developmental plan with him is going forward. I don't really expect him to get many minutes with this Nuggets team, if any, this next season, um, because 
he's a he's a project and they're looking to win so i the timelines don't line up but if they start putting him more on ball as a creator and a passer and facilitator then i think that's going to give some insight into how they see him developing offensively and what types of tools he has if they just put him in a corner i'm going to be a little more concerned about that because that's not how you play to his strengths, um, at least from what he's shown in the last two years of competitive basketball. And then with my not, you know, selfishly, because I'm a Timberwolves fan, um, I, I want to see what this shot looks like and if it's as broken as it was or at least seemed to be last year or if he's made some meaningful tweaks and there's stuff there that can at least make him reliable or competent from the corners. I'm really excited to watch Watson. Um, you know, there was some some footage of practices for the Nuggets kind of hitting on social media, and one of them was Watson just locking up Bones Highland on defense, and I was just like, yep, that's." I'm not surprised to see that, but then he goes down in transition and, like, wide open three, it's short, he gets the offensive rebound, takes another one, hits it, but it was like, it was just like, this is the Peyton Watson experience. I hope they just let him run wild. Like, just just he's going to make some mistakes just let him loose and let him learn yeah. from it um i think he's going to be one of those guys where he might have a tough shooting performance but like you said you might look up and he, he had six five and five with three steals and you're just like okay if they can just bottle up that player and and get him to keep developing they have something special i still think he could be an absolute robbery of a pick i i really think they're special tools, especially as a defender, but he's going to need some growing pains. And I, I hope like, this is a guy that I hope he goes to summer league and the nuggets are like, we're fine. Just go play. Just, you're going to make mistakes. Just yeah. get it out of your system. Like just have fun and, and worry about the consequences or not even consequences. Just worry about like learning from your mistakes, like right. down the road, because he had too many uh, games this year of like, okay, you played a little bit and you made one mistake, get out. And I don't think that's a great way to develop a guy. So I hope the the Rockets at are, any level in any sport. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope the Nuggets are just like, hey, we got we got a special talent here that yeah we need to let just learn from from his growing pains. And I, I'm excited to watch him. I'm excited to watch that whole Nuggets team. I got they got some really fascinating uh, names on that roster. All right, well, a, a little more breaking news here uh, from Shams, oh, Memphis gosh. Grizzly, number 38 pick Kennedy Chandler has agreed to a four-year 7.1 rookie deal, 7.1 million rookie deal. Uh, his He has the largest guaranteed salary at 4.9 for any American second-round pick. So you, your boy locked up for four years. That's in, Is that even more interesting after the uh, Tyus Jones resigning? Uh, maybe a little bit. Um, I don't know. I, I have no, I, I feel like the Grizzlies salary cap should be more of a mess than it probably is, but I, I don't have their whole numbers in front of me. Um, but yeah, and I, I it, it is intriguing. Um, I, it wouldn't surprise me if Tyus actually ends up getting shopped or sent off uh, either mm-hmm. this year or next year, because I believe it's only a two year deal. I think two years, 30 million or something like that. He signed for that makes but sense then. Yep. For, you know, a contender that's a point guard short or something at the trade deadline, they come and pay 
a dollar twenty five for him. Um, you know, now at least they won't be completely left out to dry with without a backup point guard. So I, I think it just gives them a little more flexibility if suitors start call, calling during the deadline. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i still very high on Kennedy. I think the Grizzlies have a plan. They're going to be so much fun at Summer League. I mean, if you're listening to this and you were watching them tonight, like, you know, you can already tell Memphis is just going to be rolling out lineups left and right. they got a stacked roster, so they're going to be fun to watch. Um, it's always funny, too. Like, he signed that contract. Did he sign that before the game and it just got reported? Or did he do it, like, in the middle of the game? That would be the funniest thing ever. Because uh, Shams tweeted it out at halftime. So <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, just, just in the tunnel, just <laughs> signing on his way back. His agent's just sprinting, and he's like, you got to <laughs> sign this right now. Um, but good for him, you know. He's, you know having a solid game his first summer league game he's got what six three three two steals two blocks in 15 minutes it's pretty solid it's my boy kennedy i love him um man i i love this time of the year i absolutely love it i'm so pissed you're not gonna be in vegas metcalf just a just a jerk move man yeah what else you got what else you got hit me the the last two freshmen that I'm I'm really excited to see, um, and then I want to hear a couple of yours, are Patrick Baldwin Jr., who hasn't yes. played in the California Classic yet, and Jean Montero um, against real competition. Sorry, Overtime Elite. Don't mean to slander you like that, but it is what it is. I want to see, was last year the outlier for Montero, or is he more of the guy that we saw the year previous with his international stuff, because those were two completely different players. Um, and this is a really good opportunity for him to show what he actually brings to the table. And if he's going to be an NBA guard or not, obviously it's not do or die for him in the scenario, but if he shows out and that he, and he, uh, you know, shows better processing on both ends of the floor where his decision making is crisper his passes are more consistent his shot selection isn't as atrocious as it was he's not out there just doing whatever he wants for the sake of it but he's out there actually playing basketball and making his teammates better then it's like okay this guy is an absolute steal and the fact that he fell to undrafted is a disgrace and is going to make a lot of teams really regret a lot of things but if he goes out there and is just throwing the ball all over the place, jacking up horrible threes, you know, struggling to finish at the rim, um, is just aimlessly wandering again on defense, then it's going to be like, okay, like what happened? Where was the disconnect and what went wrong? So now that he's playing NBA guys and, you know, guys who are his age, his athleticism, his skill level, um, what is he going to be? And I think this is a really important, important stretch of games for him i really like the knicks roster um i'm actually excited to see kind of what they do at summer league because they got a lot of intriguing pieces all over and montero is one of those names that are going to be fascinating to see what he does at at vegas um i think you're spot on metcalf it's like okay which one is it did we get the overtime elite product or are we going to see the international prospect that was really buzzing um overseas He's got playmaking. He's got the quickness. He It would not shock me if he puts on a show the first game, but he's got to show 
more to his game than just like a, an outside shot. I, he needs to create, he needs to get around the basket. He needs to show some mid range. There's talent there for sure. But, um, I really like a lot of the guys on their roster and, and I'm pumped to see what miles McBride can do. That's another sophomore yes. guy that I'm really excited to see. And, you know, they're kind of going to be fighting for similar spots and miles McBride is a dog. He's going to be battling with them. And, um, but that roster is going to be fun. They got Quentin Grimes. They got Trevor Keels. They, they got Amir Sims, Jericho Sims. A, a, a lot of guys that are intriguing. Front Hunt has got crazy bounce. I'm excited to see what he can do. Like, and, yeah, I think he's a really, I'm glad you brought his name up because yeah. if, if he shows any sort of a consistent three off the catch, he's a guy that could play in the league as obviously yes. not a starter or a star or anything, but as a role player, a guy you know, a, a Royce O'Neal type, a Dorian Finney-Smith type. Obviously, those guys would probably reach, you know, the higher levels. Those would be, like, awesome outcomes for him because they're starters on, you know, at Western Conference contenders. But he has that, that type of athleticism and defense. If that shot comes along at all, it's like, okay, the, the, this is a really – important name to keep an eye on because that athleticism is freakish yes uh, he, he was one of the guys i was writing up all the rosters and when you'll everyone listening you'll see when you read the article tomorrow like i have notables listed i have guys like hey this is a name to keep an eye on i the moment i saw hunt i was like oh boy like you got on the edge of your seat like please like if, if that shot comes along he has the if you're looking for a guy that might just absolutely destroy someone on a poster it yes. could be him he's a leading candidate like he has stupid bounce like it is <laughs> unbelievable like Metcalf's not kidding if that shot just comes along he belongs in the league like he has that tools that talent so I'm gonna be fascinated to see him there's but there's guys like that all over summer league there there's guys that it's just like if if you have that one weakness that all of a sudden took serious strides in development Teams are going to see that, and they're going to be like, "Okay, you you got our attention now." Like it's starting to come along, and um, the Knicks are going to be fascinating. Like I'm right there with you about Montero. Like I, I want to be wrong. I want to mm-hmm. be wrong, but you know, he's got Deuce ahead of him. He's got Keels in that mix. Like um, DeQuan Jeffries is on that roster. I love DeQuan Jeffries. Like they got some talent there, but Montero's going to have to really wow, and he's going to have to. He's going to be motivated. Like, he's going to be motivated. Like, are you kidding me? You didn't draft me? Like, he's going to have to showcase that he belongs in this league, and he's going to have to do a lot. Like, he's going to have to be one of the better guys that's been buzzing because he's got a stick. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so we're obviously excited for the rookies just to yeah. play NBA competition. We're excited for some of these sophomore breakouts, guys who have found their confidence and, you know, the, the speed of the game has, you know, they've caught up mentally. But I'm really excited to see which one of these older guys breaks out and is like, hey, I deserve to be on a roster because every year we get at least one. Uh, last year, I think Max Struess was the obvious one or the biggest name, um, or at least who the one who made the biggest impact throughout the season. And he really stepped on the stage when he came out hit that buzzer beater and was like, yeah, obviously I did that. Of course I did. Look at me. Some of my favorite guys to kind of who could potentially fit into this are Tyshawn Alexander, Isaiah Livers, uh, Zylan Cheatham, and John Petty Jr. Um, guys who, you know, I, I was a little higher on than 
consensus uh, when they entered the league. And I'm just really intrigued to see if any of if anything really clicks for him because it seems like it may be. I don't want to say last opportunity because you never know with these guys, but it seems like th- th- they got to show something in the realms of taking meaningful steps. Wait, have we never talked about this? I'm like the biggest Isaiah Livers fan of all time. I had a first round grade on him. Yeah, I did too. Nice. Um, Metcalf, I think he's going to play minutes next year. I hope so. I, lo- I, I love his game. I there's a spoiler alert. I have literally a section written about him in, in this preview. And I'm literally like, I could not be more excited to watch livers. I think this is, this is exactly the, the prodigal son of summer league sophomore year. Like he missed it all his first year. He missed preseason. He was recovering from an injury at the end of the NCAA season. Um, I think he would have gone to the first round with workouts a hundred percent. And I think he's exactly the, kind of the missing ingredient that Pistons fans are are needing for that team to even keep moving forward. It's like if Livers becomes the sharpshooter that we think he's going to be, he's a great asset because he can yeah. play. He's a smart basketball player. I love how he plays the game. So um, I'm pumped to watch him. And uh, I'm trying to think of some other guys. I had another one. I forgot to tell you. I need to tell you this while we're on the air oh, for no. everyone listening. I saw something today that I think you're going to get excited about. Oh, I think Prochita is in Vegas. Yes. Now, everyone listening, I'm not Shams. I'm not Woj, but aggregated. Saw someone on Twitter post something, and it was like Prochita posting an Instagram of him in Vegas. And then I realized he's in. He was part of the Duran trade, I think. So that's why they can't officially announce it. Now, I've been monitoring this because the Pistons officially put. Um, Duren on the roster. So I was like, okay, why can't you put Prochita? Um, so I don't know. I'm just saying. Play him, cowards. No, I'm looking right now. Okay, so Detroit, Detroit doesn't have Duren on their official social media post. They don't have Duren on the roster, but there's an asterisk that says roster subject to change. And I think it's the stupid wrinkle that I hate every year where they can't play until the right. trade's official, so they might miss a game. But the Prochita post was a very, very exciting development that I was like, oh my goodness, like this is erotic. So um, I wanted to make sure to mention that to you on air. Um, now well, I'm but, off track because I'm too excited. Well, I mean, it, it, if Gabriel Prochita is playing, that's, that's prime time appointment viewing um yes especially with ivy and duran um god and hopefully cade probably not hopefully because cade is too good and should not be oh, if he plays league. i'm gonna fight um, troy weaver I, I i would be cool if he just played like the first half and put up like 15 and 10 and just had a lot of fun with uh duran and ivy but yeah he, he he's probably out of that class of guys who uh should not be playing Yes, 100%. But, I mean, Prochita plays in Summer League and throws down a dunk. I'm going to be a dangerous human being in that city. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm going off a post I saw. It, it looks like he's there. I don't know why he'd be there if he ain't playing. So, um, I think it's just the formality. Like, they they can't 
they can't announce it until the trade's official. It's the stupidest rule because it's like it's, it's so it dumb. ruins the summer league previews for guys like me that are writing a <laughs> completely humongous blog. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I, I couldn't be more pumped. I'm, I'm foaming at the mouth. Everyone get excited. If your rookie plays great, shout out the top of the rooftop. If they play bad, don't worry about it. It's okay. Yep. Um, that's the rules, and we're sticking to it. Um, you got anyone else, Metcalf? Or no, I'm looking I, I, right now. Yes. So, Prochita was considered in the Blazers trade. So I think they can't maybe officially announce it. Okay. So what was the Blazers trade? Jeremy Grant and oh, so there you go. Maybe they can't. I don't know. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? Fascinating. Well, Fascinating. yeah, I, 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 I know we missed a bunch of names uh, for rookies. Obviously, we're excited. We're excited to see Paulo and Jabari and all yes, those guys. They're obviously sophomores that we didn't that we missed who are going to have big breakouts. Um, I expect Kaminga to play really well. Um, I expect Jalen Suggs to make a leap and look better than he did last year. So just because we I didn't even, mention him doesn't mean we it? hated him. Wasn't Man, he? I don't even know if he's on. Hold on. Oh, that's interesting. What? I got it for you. I got it for you. This is what I'm doing, folks. He wasn't even on it. Well, well, look at that. Admiral Schofield, Schofield is still on it. I am not selling any of my stock. Oh, captain, my captain. Um, I okay. Will, I'm going to throw one more. Stop it, Metcalf. You have your guys <laughs> you like, too. Stop it. Knock it off. Um I'm a big man on the Bucks. I can never say his last name right. I'm. I couldn't be more pumped. Sandro, Mamakulashvili. Yes, I wanted you to say it. I couldn't be more pumped to watch him. Um, I had one more. You know who I'm pretty pumped to see, and he's on the roster is uh, Mr. Brandon Boston Jr. Yeah, it's a good one. It's gonna be fun. Um, okay, enough. Enough's enough. We got to do this. Ah, but look at the time. No, we got to do it. <laughs> we got to do it. The people want to know. How are we feeling? Rudy Gobert acquired for 97 trades or 97 picks. How do we feel? Sorry, 98, 98 picks. It was a lot. Um, I I don't know who they were bidding against that the price got to that. Um, I'm not super excited about mortgaging the entire future. Um for a center entering his thirties and who's going to cost $47 million in 2026. Um, you know, those wouldn't, wouldn't be at the top of my favorite things. Um, oh, man. But I not, it's, it's tough because I, I, I don't want to undersell how good of a defender Rudy Gobert is. And he is a historically great defender. Um, he immediately improves their rim protection. He immediately improves their defensive rebounding Two issues that killed them in the playoffs last year. Um, I think the concerns of him or the criticisms of him getting played off the floor in the playoffs are a bit overblown because there wasn't a single other player on that jazz team who really defended at all these last three years. Um, so I think he had to cover up a lot and that, you know, obviously you don't want him switching on the perimeter, but when he does, I think there's still more good than bad when that happens. Um, and yes, I'm very excited for everyone to respond with the clip of Steph Curry turning him in circles. Um, it, it's really hard for me to kind of 
think about what this team is because they traded away all their versatility. Um, yeah. And that's where, what really concerns me. And it also makes me think that they're going to have a completely different play style next, next year than they did this last season. Um, this last season, they were playing at the level, they were scrambling, they were chaotic. They were jumping passing lanes, forcing turnovers and Jared Vanderbilt and Patrick Beverly with the two main catalysts in doing that. They're both gone. Um, so that, issue of athletic um, versatile wing defenders that Gobert didn't have in Utah is quickly surfacing again in Minnesota. Um, Anthony Edwards has the potential. He still has a ways to go. D'Angelo Russell isn't the best point of attack defender. Um, Jaden McDaniels is awesome defensively. He follows a ton. How much of that is him just not trusting who's behind him? Um, protecting the rim. Maybe that changes with the Gobert there. I think Gobert takes away at least a foul a game uh, from Cat. How Cat switches on the perimeter, I think he's better out there than people want to give him credit for, and that showed up a lot last year. So it's it's just tough because defensively, I think it's going to be a completely different scheme, and I don't know how it works, and I can't really accurately criticize it because it's just something completely different different um the the main criticism is the cost i i don't know who they were bidding against um that would drive up the price that high and i guess the only saving grace is that they kept mcdaniels out of the deal it was when they pulled it off i was like my goodness and i was like what a what a move by tim conley i was just like Awesome. Like, I, I was just like, well, this could be humongous for them. Then you saw the details and you're like, whoa, all right. You're really, you're really going all in on this idea. And everyone was joking. Like he's wanted him ever since he was with the Nuggets, blah, blah, blah. I was like, stop it. You, he's, he's got an idea and he's looking at Rudy Gobert and being like, this is exactly what could unlock this idea. Cause if it works and, and you have that length is stupid now, like it is Gobert and Towns, and now you could play Towns a little bit on the perimeter, and, and they could play off each other. It'd be great. It's a gamble, but it, it is also just Conley saying, "Like this is what I believe, and I'm I'm going all in on it." And if he's right, then it could make them a, a force. And and I I liked the Kyle Anderson pickup. I thought that was yeah. sneaky, um, but it was just like I'm the point I kept coming around to was that the depths just got annihilated and it's like, that's your versatility. Your that's what made the Timberwolves so fun last year is just because they just had guys. It's like, okay, next, next go after cause chaos. And now you Vanderbilt getting in that. I was like, Whoa, that's big. But, um, as good as he was, I think still McDaniels, you had to keep him out of there. So if you have to pick one of them, you have to keep McDaniels. Oh yeah. It's a great leap of faith for McDaniels because they're saying, hey, it's your time. We need you. And um, I think it could work. I really do. And, and I I understand, like, the picks were humongous. I understand everyone saying this right now. Like, that was so many. But they're not getting Rudy Gobert as a free agent. No, no offense. Like, Rudy Gobert is not going to be like, I'm, yeah, I'll go to Minnesota. Yeah. Like, and it's just. I'm being realistic here. Like sometimes when you're on that trade market, you might have to overpay to get a guy to stay there for a long term. And that's probably what Conley's thinking. And um, I would, I'm 
going to be drooling for it to work because then yeah. it's going to bring back this idea of the twin towers. And I've always said like, someone's going to be bold enough to do this. And if it works, it could switch the league back to be like, wait, we could play with two bigs again. And I would be like, yes, old school basketball is coming back boys. Right. Like, but um, I'll be fascinated because defense is going to be fun. Um, you're adding a serious weapon behind you now. And Towns is probably going to get a lot better. Anthony Edwards, if he takes another leap forward, my goodness. D'Lo's got another intriguing pick and roll mate now. Like, you can see it working. It's just going to be fascinating to see how the rest of the the tools come to, you know, to play. Like, who, what's their bench right now, Metcalf? Like, what do you think is the – besides, like, Jaden or slow-mo, like, who are we looking at? Is this just a Jordan McLaughlin? Like, yeah, so I, I think start, starting five will probably be D'Lo, Ant, McDaniels, Cat, and Gobert, um, yeah. which is – incredible amount of talent like this is one of the best teams minnesota has ever had at least on paper right now um which is both really exciting and really depressing all at the same time so that's fun um off the bench i mean jordan mclaughlin who chris finch loves i love him i've loved him since he was in the g league and he couldn't get on a roster i was like what what am i missing here this dude is a a rotation guard sorry yeah so he he's just a really sound backup point guard and I, I think he's going to get a lot of minutes uh I, the expectations are really high for Jalen Noel this year Finch yeah. has said multiple times this offseason that Noel should have gotten more minutes last year and he's you know he's he's a really dynamic scorer I think there's a lot to his game that if he takes a jump it's it will be huge for that second unit. Uh, Kyle Anderson is really important um I really like that signing Torian Prince back on a really, you know, team-friendly deal. I, I think that's – he's going to have a big role to play again. That's kind of it, though. And, you know, Malik Beasley was one of the best high-volume three-point shooters in the league last year. That's out the window. Um, they sold high on him. They've been trying to move him. Yeah. I feel like they sold – the, and this isn't a shot against Malik Beasley. I'm just saying I think they sold at the highest point for him. Yeah, and, and I, there there were obviously other issues that yes, um, we don't need to talk about with Beasley. But so I, I'm, I'm not saying that I, I I'm heartbroken that he was part of the deal, but mm-hmm. just how that changes their offense because they're going to be less perimeter oriented. Their you know horizontal spacing has gotten worse, but their vertical spacing has significantly improved because they've never they don't have a guy on the roster who can be a lob target and you know i know rudy doesn't have the best hands in the world but catching lobs and finishing off the role he's pretty good at um i'm not excited to hear about screen assists a million times a game but you know he's a really good screener and you know we saw delo have a lot of success with jared allen in brooklyn and that's a similar type of offensive mm-hmm. player at least to some extent um so i i think their rim pressure is going to significantly improve because guys like Jalen Noel are also really good at getting to the rim. I think their outside shooting is going to take a step back. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's going to be weird. I think they're going to be a better regular season team and they should be fighting for home court advantage. How that translates in the postseason, though, where it's a completely different game, I have a lot of concerns about because you don't have any real flexibility. If a team goes small, 
you got to be okay with sitting a guy making 40 plus million. Um, And I'm not sure that this was the best way to kind of allocate that much of the salary cap where you could have just kind of brought in the Nerlens Noel-esque type of rim protectors and rebounders for a couple million. You bring in two of them. Okay, so now if you need to go big, you can for cheap. Otherwise, you keep spreading the floor with shooters and athletes and versatile defenders and then put cat at the five. I don't know. It it's a swing. It's a, it's a big swing um, that is going to dictate basically the next decade of Timberwolves basketball. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love it because it's a gamble. Um, they might say to hell with it. If you go small, we don't give a shit. We're going to play big. We don't care. And, and that's, you know, it's really bold, but it's also like, if it works, you could change the league again. Like, and I'm not saying that move's going to change the entire league, but it also could just be a point of them saying like, we got an idea. We're going to, we're going to roll with it. Um, I'm going to be very excited to watch them because I do think like the idea of the the twin towers, you know, if you want to put it that way is, is going to be fascinating to see with the Timberwolves and, I still think Gobert is a heck of a player. Now that yep. was a lot of picks for him, but um, if anything, I think it's the best trade ever because now teams are going to have to trade 15 picks for Durant. So it's, if anything, it's like Danny Ainge just gave the rest of the league, the middle finger being like, yeah, good luck. Good luck sending eight picks for uh, Durant now. And at this point, I'm kind of hesitant that the Durant trade happens I, this year. Because they keep adding pieces, and if when you look at that roster, yeah, they are stacked. They have so much talent, and if they're just like, no, come back and play. You have four years under contract. Come back and play, and we'll figure it out later. I think there's a chance. I, the Durant thing was never going to happen fast. Like the moment it came out, I was like, yeah, oh boy, this is going to be all summer. Because, yep, because now every team's calling. Brooklyn's getting crazy offers. Probably. Um, I saw Shams today was on Pat McAfee show and he was like, would it be surprised if this goes the entire summer? And I was like, yeah, we haven't seen a guy like this on the trade market in forever. Um, And this isn't going to be a process. If you're Brooklyn that you're like, we're running at the first offer. You're trying to just, get someone to call late at night and be like, fine, we'll add three more picks. Or you know, you're just trying to get an overpay right now. Right. Um, wouldn't shock me if it goes a long time because I could also see Brooklyn to every team being like, you got to get creative, get us another team in, get us a third team, get, make the deal better, make it a, a sweeter package. Um, it's going to be crazy. It is going to be remarkable just all like what actually happens. I feel like Toronto is becoming a sleeper now. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Or it's just uh, every day. I'm like, if he goes to Phoenix, it's just, it's just the funniest part of this year is the source off. And now everyone's got incited sources with Durant's situation. And I'm like, calm down. You guys are all just (laughs) trying to get it on this lucky hail Mary throw of like, Oh, my source says it's happening tomorrow. And it's like, it ain't happening tomorrow. Calm down. Like, and I'm not saying like, I, I don't even want to try to dig in about this one because everyone's going to have a different story. That's how big of a uh, development this is. And um, 
I don't know. The Warriors thing is hilarious now. Everyone's being like, Warriors have called. I'm like, no shit. Everyone's called. It's Kevin <laughs> fucking Durant. Like, calm down. Like, <laughs> Brooklyn would call themselves if they could about Durant. I mean, I don't know. What do you, th- what do you think happens, Metcalf? Give me your prediction on uh, the 5th of July right now. He's a Brooklyn nut. I, I, I don't think they move him because I don't think there's – well, there, there's obviously not a single trade that would bring back – compensatory value and he has no leverage besides unless he just is like i i'm not gonna play and that's like okay well we're not gonna pay you um yeah i don't think he's gonna i don't think durant's a sit out guy no neither neither do i and i you know i i think brooklyn just kind of i think them continuing to add pieces is both an insurance policy for if they do just get overwhelmed by an offer and also a sign of, hey, look, we're continuing to make this team better. Like, you're fine. Like, <laughs> this team has been hurt. Uh, your best friend is doing wild shit every year. Just come back and play because we haven't – we've seen 40 games of you and Kyrie together. Let's get one season. Yeah. It's uh, – the whole thing is unbelievable. And then like the thing about like Kyrie was just trying to get his way to the Lakers. I'm like, no shit, he's trying to get to the Lakers. I wonder why. Like, I don't know. It's gonna be. I hope it happens just for the chaos. But it also would be the funniest thing ever if they just if Brooklyn was like, fuck it, no, yeah, like just come back. You're under right. contract. And, and, and sooner or later, a team is going to do that with these guys demanding trades and threatening to sit out and. Sooner or later, a team's just going to be like, no, fuck you. Like, you're under contract. We don't want to trade you. We don't have to trade you. And I I think the the whole, oh, well, this is sending a message to other players in the league. I feel like that stuff gets so overblown. Because when you offer a guy five years, 80 million, is he going to be like, mm, yeah, but remember how difficult you were with that other guy like five years ago? I don't think it's going to matter. Well, that's like the fascinating point is all these guys are signing the shorter term deals now because they're like, they don't want to be locked in long term. But now yeah. it's, you know, because back in the days, guys would sign six year deals. And, and now it's everyone's doing like the three years because, you know, they want to see where they're at. And it's like, well, guys are signing those. And then after a year being like, okay, I want out. And it's like, what? you know, like, right. Someone, it's going to be funny if someone ever just says, you know what? Screw it. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm not saying like, and it's going to happen. And to back up, being careful, I'm being careful, to back up Durant, he should want out. This has been a fucking disaster. Like, the whole Brooklyn experiment has been a disaster. He should want out. He should be like, hey, I'm I'm in my mid-30s. I've given you three years, two and a half, whatever. And, and he should just be like, it didn't work. Like, I want out. And, and I get it. We have to realize what Durant's been dealing with the last couple of years. And I know it's like, well, he chose to go there, but he's also a human that could just be like, Hey, I, I was wrong. I want to go somewhere else. I don't want to be the guy. I don't want to be the leader. I just want to go somewhere without drama and try to win a title. And and maybe that's all he wants. He might just be like, I don't want to be the guy. I just want to be the, you know, I just want to lace them up and, and try to win a title and not deal with this roller coaster that has been going on in Brooklyn the last couple of years. But 
you know, that's a, it's a whole nother story. It's crazy. Metcalf crazy. And we got six minutes until Chet Holmgren overreaction mania. So anything else you want to say, or should I just shout no, that, out? that, 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 that's it for me. P- plug your stuff. Tell the people where they can find you. Uh, I'm at no ceilings NBA.com. Check out my summer league preview tomorrow. We love you guys. We missed, we've missed you guys. Um, I can't believe Metcalf's not going to Vegas. I'm bummed that, you know, one day I'm going to have to figure out a way to, to fly over and, and actually meet the guy in person. I've just been doing a podcast the last year. The least you could do is just, you know, come watch some hoops with me. But I get it. I get it. Wedding season, you know, I get it. So um, I'm at Tyler underscore Rucker and, and everyone going to Vegas again. Please reach out. Come say hi. Let's talk hoops. Metcalf, thanks. Thanks as always. This was a blast. Once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at TMetcalf11. Uh, like Rooker said, a big contingent of the No Ceilings crew is going to be in Vegas. Uh, go say hi. Go talk hoops with them. Uh, interact with us. We love you guys. Uh, excited to talk and interact with all of you out there. I uh, really wish I was there this year. Just going to have to make it next year. Um, you can find all of our merchandise at no ceilings nba.bigcartel.com you can find all of our written work including Rutgers summer league preview which is going to be a must read over at no ceilings nba.com it's a hundred percent free while you're there just click that subscribe button to ensure that you never miss a piece that we publish you can follow us on twitter at no ceilings nba and on youtube at no ceilings tv if you enjoyed this episode please make sure to subscribe leave a review and five star rating until next time see ya